0: Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 14, if you will. Proverbs chapter 14. Call your attention to verse 4. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. It's an interesting verse, isn't it? Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. The rigors of being in Bible college as a student are by no means easy. Many of you get up at five o'clock in the morning, and you take some time to meet with God. It's not easy. You're tired. You're sleepy. You grab your Bible, you grab your prayer journal, and you try to do your best to Get with God. You clean up, you take a shower, get ready for class, grab a quick breakfast, maybe, head to class. An hour, two hours, three hours, four hours of class, chapel, a quick lunch, maybe. Off to work, two hours, three, four, five, six, maybe glance at some notes on a break or on the way back to campus, stay up as late as you can. On top of that, ministry, soul winning, church services. Social life, dating, maybe. (laughs) Recreation, exercise, fun. It's a rigorous schedule. Layered on top of that schedule are burdens. Your own personal struggles. Some family concerns some financial obligations, ministry. It's hard to forget those bus kids. It's hard to just totally remove yourself from that kid in Cactus Kids that needed a little extra time. Layered on top of the schedule and the burdens is just life stress. Choices what will i do with my life what will i do this summer what am i called to do what am i taking this class for is this the right class to take for what i'm going to do marriage maybe <laughs> and then the culture in which we live and politics the religious landscape We soon realize during these years of college that adulthood is challenging. Maturing is is not always easy. And many in your generation are stalling that process as long as possible. I'm not ready for it. I I, I don't know. I want to just... Wait, let's tap the brakes here a little bit. I I don't know if I want to make a commitment. It's easier to not take a risk. It's easier to maybe just, let's just enjoy life for a while. Let's just have some fun. Let's, Let's get serious later. Proverbs 14 and verse 4 shows the cause and effect of commitment or the lack thereof. There are two choices in this verse and two consequences of those two choices. The first choice is an empty barn. An empty barn. Where no oxen are. Oxen tend to live in barns as the Bible calls it here, a crib. One choice is an empty barn. Now, I grew up around cows. Most of you maybe did not, but I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a dairy farm. We had 50 milk cows. We had about 100 young stock of cattle, steers, heifers. We had about 200 chickens. We had about 30 hogs, 30 sheep. I personally owned 94 rabbits. We had a dog. We had a horse. We had 25 cats. The reason we had 25 cats is because we had no mice. Actually, every building on our farm, except for our house and the machine shed, had animals in it. Buildings that were used for other purposes at one time now became a crib for some kind of an animal. There were animals everywhere. Those places were were filled with those animals. And because they were, our schedule was (laughs) pretty much revolved around those animals. We got up every morning at 3.45. And we started milking those 50 cows at 4 o'clock. It took three hours. So from four o'clock until seven o'clock every morning, we milked those 50 cows. And again at night, you have to milk cows twice a day, so from 4 p.m. to 7 pm, we milk cows. Well my dad and sometimes my mom were milking the cows. My responsibility, as I began to grow up, was to feed the cows. Cows eat a lot. They have four stomachs. And they eat a lot. And we kept the majority of their food either in the upper part of the barn. It was called hay. You baled hay into 80-pound bales. You had strings around them and you'd pack them into the upper barn. We had about 3,000 bales of hay in the upper part of our barn. We had four silos. In the silos, there was food for the cattle. You take the hay, you take the corn, you take the grain, you chop it up, you throw it in the silo, it packs down, it becomes fodder, becomes silage, it ferments. Cows love getting drunk, (laughs) they love silage. It ferments, it cooks. And so when you, when you feed the cattle, you have to climb up the silo about 80 feet in the air. You go up in there and you take a pitchfork with you and you get up there and you take that silage one pitchfork at a time and you, 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 you dig it out of there and you throw it down a chute. And you dig enough silage for all those cows to eat. Every cow eats one wheelbarrow full of silage. So you throw enough out for all, all those cows. And I'd climb down the silo and take that same pitchfork and pitch that silage a second time into the wheelbarrow. And then go down the manger where all the cow's heads were. Go down the manger and you dump that wheelbarrow full of silage in front of that cow. You do that 50 times. And then you take the the silage or the hay to to the young stock. You get those 80-pound bales or whatever. You, you, you carry them from the upper barn down to the, down to the livestock areas. You, you, you feed the, the livestock. You feed the chickens. You feed the hogs. In the spring, in the summer, in the fall, when it, the weather was nice, uh, we, would, we would chop a load of, of hay for the cows to eat during the day. We'd, we'd, we'd hook up a tractor, a green chopper, a bunk wagon. I'd go out just as soon as it was daylight and chop a load of hay for the cows. This was all before school. Then you had to clean the barn. Once the milk is done, you got to clean the barn. You turn the cows out into the pasture, into the into the uh, into the uh, uh, area around the barn, and then you have to clean the barn. You have to you have to clean it. You have to sweep out the mangers. You have to sweep out the gutters. You have to you have to take all the manure and get it out of the barn. And you have to we're, we're selling milk here. You don't want to drink milk from a dirty barn, right? And so you want everything sanitized in the milk house and in the barn. You want everything clean. You have to clean the barn. Saturdays were spent cleaning stalls, cleaning the hog pen, cleaning the sheep pen, cleaning the chicken uh, coop, field work, plowing, planting, harvesting, baling hay, bringing in the corn, bringing in the grain. Now, on top of that, going to school. Had to go to school. My dad quit after eighth grade, but he didn't want to listen to me when I talked about that. Had to go to school. Got to play three sports in school, starting in fifth grade. Played three sports. Church, oh, we went to church every time the doors were open. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, youth activities, missions conference, evangelistic meetings. We even went when the doors weren't open because my parents were the janitors. We opened the doors. (laughs) (laughs) We We went to church on Saturday, cleaned the church, mowed the grass, shoveled the snow. And when I was 13 years old my dad bought a second farm right next door to ours. So now we had double the land and double the livestock and double the chores. We had two barns to clean. And I often wished as a boy growing up that we had a clean crib. I often wished as a boy doing all those chores and doing all those things, especially with the cows. I, I, I thought if we just got rid of these things, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have to do all this work. It'd be so nice just to have a, a clean barn. Just have a, a barn without any animals. Remember one time, these cows, when you'd, when you'd bring them their food in that wheelbarrow, they, they, would, they would take their heads and they'd try to knock you over. They'd try to knock that wheelbarrow over it so it would fall in front of them so they could start eating. They didn't like to wait. Impatient cows to get drunk. <laughs> and so they'd stick their head out and try to knock you off balance. And I got so frustrated one time at a cow, I took a pitchfork and poked it right in the nose. <laughs> blood spurted all over the wall. Yeah, I, I've never worked so fast in my life trying to wipe that blood up before my dad saw it. I longed for the day when the crib could be clean. No cows. Because an empty barn has the consequence of an easy burden. If the barn is empty where there are no oxen, the crib is clean. If all those cows died, if all those hogs had been sold, if we'd gotten rid of all the chickens, if we got rid of the horse, the sheep, and and, and the cats, and the dog, man, that, that barn would have been clean. Easy burdens. And I remember thinking about that often as a kid. I thought about my uncle, he was my dad's brother. He was married to my mom's sister, brothers married sisters. And so we were very close to them. My, my cousins were double cousins, Neil and Chuck. They were cousins on both sides of my family because their dad was my dad's brother and their mom was my mom's sister. And so we were, we were very close and my uncle, he, he worked a job from eight to five. He went to work at about 7.30 and Got to work at 8 o'clock and punched the clock, had an hour for lunch and came home at 5 o'clock. My cousin Chuck, he was about my age and he was playing sports. In fact, he was real good at baseball and got drafted by the Phillies. My uncle went to every one of his games. My dad got to see me play football one time. My senior year in high school, he, he got to the second half of senior night. My dad never saw me play basketball. My dad never saw me run track. And I didn't think anything about it. But I often wished, man, if we didn't have a farm, my dad would be able to come to my games. My dad, because I knew he wanted to. He always encouraged me. He always wanted to hear about the game. He always wanted me to talk about it with him and and, and tell him about how we won or tell him about how we lost. And he'd encourage me. And I knew he wanted to be there. And I often thought, man, if if, if we had an empty crib, the, 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 the burdens would be so much easier. The crib would be clean. You know, some of you right now are coveting a clean crib. You're thinking it'd be so much easier if I wasn't in college right now. I mean, I wouldn't have classes. I mean, no one would be asking me if I if I Read my Bible, or no one would ask me if I did my ministry, or if I went soul winning, and it'd be so much easier. Maybe at home, or it'd be easier. Maybe uh, you know to to do something less, and 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 it'd be so much nicer to have a, a clean crib. And ministry is starting to scare you. Ministry is starting to look like this is gonna be really hard, and this is gonna be busy, and and this is gonna consume all the oxygen in the room of my life. And I'm not so sure that I want that kind of a lifestyle, I don't think that's going to make me happy. And I'm here to tell you, you can sell the cows and have a shiny crib. Jesus, in Matthew 25, he said, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain man which went into a far country, and before he left, he called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. The one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And so he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made him other five talents, and he that received two went and gained beside them other two, but he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that received the five talents came bringing other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained five talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he that received the two talents came, saying, Lord, uh, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two others beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. Then he that received the one talent came, saying, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, here is that that is thine. His Lord said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I was a hard man, reaping where I had not sown, and gathering where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money into the the exchangers, that at my coming I might have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, but from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath, and cast ye that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We have a choice. We can have cows. We can take what God's given us and, and work and trade and be busy with it. Oh, it won't be easy. It might look better on the other side. Or we can take what God's given us, we can sell the cows, we can just kind of hide the talent, hide the time, hide the opportunity, and. And it'll be easy, but the Lord's coming back. We can choose to have empty barns. We can choose to to do the minimum. We can choose to just get by. We can choose to maybe fulfill what somebody expects and, and, and just kinda do what we have to and really not get involved. And the result will be easy burdens. Or, or, we can have endless busyness. Verse 4 much increase is by the strength of the ox. A lot of cows are going to mess up the barn. Not once. But over and over and over and over and over and over, those cows are going to mess up your crib. You know, we had to clean that barn every day. And when we get that barn, I swept those mangers. You couldn't have found a, a speck of straw or silage or feed anywhere in those mangers when I got done with them. We swept those things out after those cows were turned loose. We swept those mangers. There was nothing in those mangers. If it got kind of padded down there a little bit, some dirt got in those mangers and and, and their saliva mixed with that and kind of got like mud in there, we we had to take a scraper and scrape that off, get that clean. Those stalls, we swept them out every day. Those gutters, we'd back that manure spreader down into that barn, and with a shovel, we'd go down those gutters, take that manure, throw it into that manure spreader, take it out of the field, spread it on the field for fertilizer. We'd take that barn, sweep it down. We'd take this white lime and pour it all over that barn. So when you walked in there, it smelled like a sanitation factory. Then we'd open the door 3.45 for those cows to come back in for the evening milking. And sure enough, that first cow would walk through that door and up would go her tail. And all of a sudden, the crib wasn't clean anymore. Every day. Every day. We had to clean that barn. Young people get this. Greatness. Success is obtained through repetitive, mundane tasks. Success, greatness, is obtained through mundane, repetitive tasks. I was getting my hair cut Friday. I go to a barber down here on Avenue J. His name's... Dean. The man he was cutting his hair before, the man that he was cutting hair for just before me, they were talking a little bit when I came in. And, and, and the man asked, he said, Dean, how long have you been here in this location? Dean's about my age. And he said, uh, this Mar- the third week of this month, March. I will have been cutting hair in this location for 50 years. He said, I started working in this shop when I was 18. 68. 50 years. Man, I looked up, I was was looking at a newspaper, I looked up, 50 years. 50 years a barber? Wow. So when it came my turn, I, I, I got in the chair and I said, Dean, have you ever how many haircuts have you given? 50 years. He said, I don't know. I said, well, you gotta have some kind of an estimate. I mean, like, like if you multiplied how many you do a day by how many days you're open in a year by 50 years, you'd have some kind of a clue, right? And he, he, he put his comb and his everything down. He said, I have a calculator. I'm gonna figure that out. <laughs> he walked over and he opened a door, drawer and he pulled out a calculator and he starts doing some numbers. He's like, wow. Uh, 350,000? I said, well, I think the millionth one ought to be free. <laughs> That's what I said. 350,000 times. Have a seat. You know what I said to him? I said, I bet you've had the same conversation 250,000 times. Right? I mean, everybody comes to the barber. Yeah, well, kind of rainy today. Yeah, it's been raining. <laughs> mean, same, same conversation, 200. I mean, it's got to be, same conversation. How are the Rams doing? How they, how, did you watch the Lakers game? I mean, it's the same conversation. Everybody comes in there. I walked out of there thinking, I want to make this guy a plaque. I want to honor this guy at Lancaster Baptist Church. You know why parents are successful? You know why some parents raise good kids? Because they change diapers. They fix lunches. They wash clothes. They made beds. They drove kids to school and to soccer practice and to church. And they paid bills and they worked a job and they attended events over and over and over and over and over and over. And the success of a parent is found in the mundane, everyday, Monotonous tasks. You know what makes successful ministry? Knocking doors, visiting shut-ins, three sermons a week, cleaning the building, paying the bills, printing the bulletin, practicing with the choir, taking up an offering, discipleship, hospitality, counseling, deacons meeting, special event, over and 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 over. But endless busyness leads to expected blessings. Much increase, verse 4, is by the strength of the ox. Yes, the ox is going to dirty the barn every day. And you've got to clean it every day. And you don't preach just one sermon and say, I'm a great preacher. No, you got to preach again and again and again and again and again. And you don't go winning one time and lead one person to Christ, but you go again and again and again and again. But much increase. Expected blessings come as a result of the endless busyness. One day I walked in that milk house. And I found something I'd never seen in there before. There was a little shelf in there that I guess as a little kid, I, I, I couldn't see the top of that shelf, but as I got a little bit older, I saw there was, there was one day, there was an envelope on top of that shelf. And I, I thought somebody had misplaced something. I, I picked up that envelope and it was open. It was just, it wasn't sealed shut. I opened it up and I, I pulled out a check. It was the milk check. My dad got a milk check once a month for the milk that we sold, the product of all this work. I pulled out that check. It was over 500 dollars. Man, I' put that back in there. put that back up on that shelf. 500 dollars. My mom spent $10 a week on groceries for our whole family. This was a different era financially. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you can't go in the, the GA, whatever that stands for, without spending $10, you know. So <laughs> we, we spent, that was our whole grocery budget, the whole week, $500. I remember raising those rabbits my dad told me about a place in town where you could sell rabbits. So I started raising them. Rabbits multiply quickly. <laughs> the gestation period of a rabbit is 30 days. They can have babies every 30 days. If you want a lot of something, rabbits is a good choice. <laughs> I started raising rabbits. And I had take those rabbits when they got up to three pounds. Get them up to three pounds. Now, those rabbits were a pain. I mean, they'd, they'd get out of their cages. They had to, cages had to be cleaned. They had to be fed. You had to go get grass and lettuce and all this stuff, carrots, feed these rabbits. And you had to grow all that stuff in the garden. You had to feed them. And they had to water them. And, and they, they, were, they were ornery sometimes. I had one old rabbit. She, she was an ornery rabbit. She'd fight you every time you'd step in her cage. She'd, she'd attack you. See, why'd you keep her? One time she had 13 babies. That's why I kept her. <laughs> Thirteen. There were no runts in the family. That rabbit was a rabbit-producing rabbit. Producing rabbit. <laughs> and I'd get those rabbits up to three pounds, and I'd take them into town, and I got 16 cents a pound. 48 cents a rabbit. Now, when your allowance for all that work, I didn't get paid to work on that farm. I got an allowance a quarter a week. Twenty-five cents. So when you get 48 cents for one rabbit, wow, you feel like John D. Rockefeller. Man, I'd go to school, I'd have ten dollars in my pocket. I sold twenty rabbits, man. Wanna borrow some money? Increase. Expected blessings. The labor of the righteous is, it tendeth to life. In all labor there's profit. He that gathers by labor shall increase. Now wait a minute. I'm not talking today. I'm not preaching you this message to try to get you to develop a good work ethic. That's not the purpose of this. Because the world does that. A lot of people in this world have a good work ethic. And all they're doing is accumulating through that work ethic a corruptible crown. But hey, this, what we're doing is for an incorruptible crown. This is for something that never fades away. This isn't about, you know, uh, 48 cents. This isn't about a $500 milk check. No, this is about eternal blessing. We labor for that which never passes away. So my message this morning is simply this. Don't run from your responsibilities. I know the barn is full. I know you got a lot of cows. Some of you don't even know how many you have. They're everywhere. <laughs> Your plate is full of cows. And cows need care. Over and over and over and over and over. We go to class, we go to services, we go to church, we read our Bible, we go soul winning, we, do, we go to activities, we, we, we're doing this and that, to work, to, to, to go to school, all these things. But don't run, don't despise your duties. Don't get careless in your commitment. Don't get slothful in serving. You can sell your ox and spare your obligation. Or you can keep your ox and kindle your opportunity. All I want to ask you to do today, I don't know if this is a sermon or a talk, but all I'd like to see you do today is thank God for a barn full of cows. Just get thankful for a barn full of cows because I'm telling you, the milk check's coming. The milk check's coming. And it's not always something tangible. It's not always something we can see. It's not always something we can say, wow, look at this. Uh, This is what happened because I prayed. Or this is what happened because I went soul winning. Or this is what happened because I preached. It's not always that. But I'm telling you, one day you're going to stand before him and receive an incorruptible milk check. They're going to pay you for the rabbits. Yeah, it was a lot of work. And yeah, it took all the oxygen out of the room of your life to stay in college and to stay with it. But young person, listen to me. The trip to town to sell the rabbits is coming. The milk check's coming. You can sell the ox, spare the obligation, or you can keep the ox, keep that barn full, and kindle your opportunity to receive a crown that will never fade away.